0: Welcome to the Hope Elam Podcast. We are a diverse church in the heart of Des Moines, seeking to bring God's kingdom as we live more like Jesus. We hope that what you're about to hear points you to Jesus Christ know that we're praying for you and look forward to connecting with you soon Good morning, Hope you alone. Good How are you guys doing today? Good. All right, well, you guys got me today. hope that's okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, 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 him, him, him. Um, <laughs> but no, I'm excited to be here today. Uh, I believe that God has a word for someone in this place today. He deserves our praise, right? God shows up in our darkest moments. Even in our brightest moments. Hope Elam, I believe that God is doing something in here today. I feel the spirit so thick in here. The worship team, give them a shout of praise. Just give them. So today, um, I believe that God really wants to just speak to your heart. I believe there's many people in here that have been through some pain, but maybe currently in some pain. And you're probably wondering, why? Why has this happened to me? Why is this, why did this happen to me? Why am I stuck here? I've been doing all the right things. Why haven't you moved me to the the new level, the next destination? And so today my message, I just pray that God would just speak to your situation in a way that would set you free from that poverty mindset and step into the abundance that he has for you. And so I'm just going to open up in prayer. We're going to get right to it. So, dear Lord, even now, may your spirit fill the room. Even more, just overflow into their hearts, God. May today's word go out and accomplish whatever you wanted to accomplish, God. Hit your target, God. Remove me, God. You show up to the plate today, God. You hit the home runs today, God. Oh, God, where will we be if it wasn't for you? Once we were in the pit, now we are in the promise. Once we were broken, God, now we are healed. Once we were living in darkness, God. And now we are living in the marvelous light. Speak to their hearts today, God. We love you. We honor you. And we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray and the church said? Amen. All right. All right, so we're going through this series called Acts Like a Church. We're in the last chapter. And um, the series has been the series has been Fire. It's been good. I hope you guys have been applying it to your life. Um, I know I have been. But this particular chapter, Paul is headed to, to Rome. And I'm just going to fast forward through the, I'm going to rewind, and I'm just going to fast forward real quick. Paul was blinded for three days after he was persecuting God's people. Because of that, God blinded him. Ananias came, unblinded him, that he became on fire for God's word and for God's people and for spreading the good news, Right? As a result of that, he had this passion to just preach it to the Gentiles, the Jews, and pretty much anyone that would listen. It gets to the point where they're trying to kill Paul. This is for somebody right here already. How many times have you been obedient to doing what God told you to do and now people are mad at you? So Paul, out there doing what God has called him to do, And the people that should have received them don't. What happens when you start following God and now your own family don't want to have nothing to do with you? And so Paul is going through all these different cities and places, spreading the good news, and they want to put him in jail. And he's like, listen, just send me to Rome. And so he's headed to Rome on this ship, okay? And on this ship, on the way to Rome, there's a storm on the sea. Maybe you're going through a storm today. You're headed towards a destination, but now there's a storm. Now there's trials. Now there's tribulations. Now there's pain. Now there's turmoil. And you're trying to find God in the midst of it all. And you've been wondering, God, what is next? I've been suffering for way too long. God says, no. No. I got some purpose in your pain. Anybody looking to find some purpose in your situation? Because sometimes when we fall into this pain, a season of pain, a lot of us can get a hard heart, fall away from the faith. We can leave and and just start doing things that we want to do because we're trying to comfort ourselves not knowing that God has already have a ram in a bush for you. See, God is our comforter. And we can go to him in the times of trouble, but if we don't find the purpose in the pain, we tend to stray away. And I was, uh, earlier this week, I was just thinking about us humans, us Christians, us people in the faith community, how we normally don't walk away from the faith. We drift away. We're on, we're, on this, we're on this sea of life and we're going through and we're flowing through and things seem to be good and then we hit some storms and all of a sudden we lose control and before you know it we get stagnant and we get filled of shame and filled of guilt and we get confused and we lose our mind and, and then we drift. aren't you glad that God would never allow you to drift too far away from him? There's many seasons of my life where I drifted. And the thing is, without accountability, you're going to drift way out there. I love what Brian says, we got to stay hedged in. So God will send things in your life, send people into your life to keep you hedged in. And so the crazy thing about this I'm going to break down this Acts 28, 1 through 10, okay? And it's going to feel a little bit more traditional, maybe not as much preachy, but we'll see what God wants to do. My goal is that you would leave better than you can, that you would find the purpose in your pain. That's the ultimate goal, okay? And so Paul's on the way to Rome and his shipwrecks. And there was 276 people on this ship. And Paul's with other prisoners, and he's also with Luke, all right? So Luke is actually writing the book of Acts. So Luke is with him, and he's documenting, he's writing things down. And the ship wrecks, and they lose everything. I want to speak to the person today that lost everything, that you was headed to your destination, and on the way, the breakup happened. You were heartbroken. Maybe you were just trying to get your life together, then all of a sudden you fell. And now your run that you used to have is just a walk. Or maybe it's not even a walk. Maybe it's just a crawl. And maybe it's not even a crawl. Maybe it's just a cry. But you lose everything. And you wonder if God will provide Paul and them, they lose everything. But they have one key thing that got them to the next destination. They were shipwrecked, and they got to the next destination on broken pieces. Think about it. God can use the little things in your life to get you to your your rest stop, your, your pit stop in life if we will let them. Because let's be truthful. Because I feel the spirit coming on. Let's be truthful. We'll push away the broken piece because it ain't the big piece. I lost the ship. I done lost the marriage. I done lost the relationship. I done lost the job. And God's like, I'm trying to send you some help. And we'll push it away because it's not what we wanted. And we wonder why we stuck on the sea getting pushed by the, the wind and the waves. And the Bible goes on to even say, this is Acts chapter 27, that it was dark. They, they didn't even have light for 14 days. What happens when, it, when you feel like you're trapped in darkness and you can't seem to find your way out? God will send provision. And in this case for Paul, they found an island called Malta, right? Now, this was an island that I like to say there was an obscure place, okay, where they could go. And it says, once safely on shore, we found out that the island was called Malta. The islanders showed us unusual kindness. They built a fire and welcomed us all because it was raining and cold. What happens when you go from losing everything and then God puts you in an unfamiliar place? starts to plant you in a new church with new people that you don't not know and they seem to be very nosy because they see that you need some help and now they want to come and show you some unusual kindness. (laughs) God already had provisions for Paul. It's because God knows the, the end result. God knows when the bad things are going to happen, even if you agree with them or not. And I think that's the thing that trips us up sometimes is that we run into situations and we're mad that God didn't protect us. But that's the reason why God was like, if you trust me enough, I can show you the purpose in your pain. And so it showed, they showed him unusual kindness. And, you know, God is so good. And I think about this uh, uh, in the book of First uh, Kings chapter 17, Elijah made it not rain, so now there's a famine in the land. And God speaks this to Elijah, and he says this. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Leave here, turn eastward, and hide in the, the Kirith ravine, east of the Jordan. You would drink from the brook, and I have directed the ravens to supply you with food there. When you're in a broken place, God will use the things that you don't think, to make sure that his people is straight. He will provide for you. That's why you just can't push away people because they don't look like you. We're on Tuesdays, we're doing this what? Racial unity thing where we're trying to figure out, like, well, you don't look like me, you don't understand me. We gotta clean our hearts, people. Because if we don't clean our hearts, we could be pushing away the one thing that God is trying to use to bless us. So now we're stuck in situations longer than we have to because now we got pride and now we got bitterness and now we got some hurt that's clouding our judgment from even seeing how God can move. Hear me in this. I've been there before. That's why we talk about at this church that we have to have a good relationship, a strong relationship with God because he can give you the eyes to see. And we know that Paul was a man that loved the Lord. So, and if you guys remember Paul, real quick, God said that Paul would be an instrument, and he would, he said, I'm going to show Paul how much he must suffer for my sake. Sometimes you're going to have to go through suffering. You're not going to be able to pinpoint why or when, because some things are just unplanned. But that's why God sends community into your life, because there's people that want to love on you. There's people that really see your need and they want to fulfill the need. And if we let them, we can start taking steps towards healing. But we also got to communicate what we need. How many men in here, let's just hit my target real quick. How many men in here suffer in silence? You ain't got to raise your hand. But as men, we try to be so strong. We don't communicate our need. And before you know it, we are hard-hearted towards the ones that love us. And then even the ones that don't even know us, we tend to give them a cold shoulder too because now we don't want people in our business. They don't know what I've been through. I don't like that person because they're white. I don't like that person because they're black. I don't like that person because they grew up on that side of the neighborhood. I don't like that person. And we start to box ourselves in. If we can just communicate and let people know what we need, God will provide. We have not because we ask not. A lot of our situations could just be fixed if we just ask. That pain be having us so bind up. But don't you know that God provides ways to comfort you? Because God has a plan even when you can't see it. And so he'll send provisions into your life to make sure that you're good, to make sure that you're stable. I want to speak to the person that has been wiggling out of their spot, trying to get out of this job, trying to get out of this relationship. is saying, hold up, stay planted. I got a plan for you. I know you want to leave. I know you want to go. But I'm trying to change your family, the trajectory of your family. I'm trying to break that generational curse. I'm trying to do a new thing. And God can only do a new thing if we stay planted long enough. Because if we stay planted long enough, God can start to show us his power. It says, Paul gathered, this is our text today. Paul gathered a pile of brushwood, and as he put it on the fire, a viper driven out by the heat fastened itself on his hand. Pause for the cause. Think about it. Paul's helping, serving these island people, and they're very kind. And he goes, and as he lays the the wood down, there's a snake that bites him. When you start to find the one that you love, and there comes that text, that snake will bite. As soon as you get your life together, as soon as you start to participate in church, as soon as you start to enter that Bible study, here comes the viper. Here comes the viper. And we get all scared and we get all nervous. And says, when the islanders saw the snake hanging from his hand, they said to each other, this man must be a murderer. For though he escaped from the sea, the goddess Justice has not allowed him to live. But Paul, he was different. Paul shook that snake off his hand. Some things in your life just need to be shaken off. You've been holding on to it, saying, hey, he did this to me. She did this to me. They fired me. God says, you need to just shake that off. But when I was younger, this happened to me, and I know God's like, yeah, I know I got this, but I need you to shake that off. And the reason why he needs you to shake that off because God has a bigger plan. We walk around showing people that we're bleeding, showing the viper. This, is, this person did it. This person did it. She did it. He did it. And we just showing people the, what happened. But God wants you to start showing people the healing. He wants, to show, he wants you to show people them scars. What are you holding on to? I'm speaking to everyone. You've been here, you know, if 55, 65, 75, five. <laughs> What have you been holding on to for all these years that you need to shake off? We have the power. We have the Holy Ghost on the inside of us. One shake will change your life. Just, th- just think about the shake. Come on, can I get some shakers in here? Shake. Come on. This is prophetic. Shake. Shake off that little. Yeah, yes, when you got to work and they raised their voice at you, shake that thing off. That devil he is always creeping. Want you to get off your square. Because when he sees believers making headway and they're starting to grow in their faith, best believe the snake is coming. Keep the grass low. Keep the grass low. Because he's coming. He's coming, y'all. The thing I think about when I think about fire. I think about turmoil, and I think about pain, and I think about I think about staying committed to the journey. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego—they were three brothers that were told to bow down, along with the other people of that nation, but they had an Almighty God, and they said, "We will not bow down." to your God. Some of y'all need to speak to your situation with a little bit more authority. We bowing down to the Facebook. We bowing down to the Instagram. We bowing down to the job. And God was like, will you speak to that thing? Stop bowing down to it. So they didn't bow down. And so King Nebuchadnezzar gets mad. And he says, throw him in the fire. Throw him in the fire. As a matter of fact, turn the fire up seven times hotter. See, if there's anything God can get glory out of, it's out of your suffering. Sometimes I'll be getting super crazy asking God, yeah, go ahead and turn it up a little bit. Go ahead and make me struggle a little bit. Sometimes I don't even know what I'll be asking for too, so let's just chill right there. (laughs) But it's because I know what God can do with my suffering. The more I'm weak, the more that we're weak, he can become strong. His power is made perfect when we are we and a lot of times we be trying to be macho man, and God at the same time been trying to break you. So you go through a storm, and you go through a situation that you can't control. And now you mad because you wobbling, and now all of a sudden you didn't have a prayer life. Now you got one. It's funny how we pray to God when we lose everything. We be man, we would lost everything. The, the, the money gone, the marriage gone, the kids gone, your job gone, and now you at home. And God's like, "Yep." Now you're right where I need you to be. God always tries to get us to a place of obscurity, a place where he can get us all by ourselves. So anyways, they get thrown into this place of obscurity. Let's talk about it. And then guess who shows up in their toughest battle? Jesus. We'll be trying to push away Hardship. Asking God to do a miracle. God's like, I've been trying to, but you're scared to lose your job. (laughs) Come on, let's talk about it. A lot of the miracles we want to see may come in your deepest, darkest moments. And a lot of times, we're just trying to keep our lives together so we don't have any hardship. Then what we do, especially in American Christianity, we tend to just go through these, we get so comfortable and then we forget God. And so God would send a storm, and then God would be like, do you see me now? He loves you enough to cause a storm into your life. He knows the pain. He knows it hurts. He knows that what you went through wasn't okay, that that person did that to you, or that money was stolen from you, or your friends betrayed you, and they talked bad about you. He knows that wasn't okay. But will you trust him? They trusted God, and they came out of the fire. And the Bible says they didn't even have anything on their clothes burnt. They didn't smell like smoke. I'm speaking to somebody that does not look like what you've been through. Come on. I don't look like what I've been through. If I told you my story, you guys would be like, dang, I didn't know. I said, I know, but I know a God. Because God would, God, when you're with God, no matter what happens in your life, God can use it. God can use it for good. I need someone to hear that today. He'll use it for good. They came out. And here's the cool thing. Because when you don't react, because we tend to react sometimes to the situations, that we start drinking, we start smoking, we start talking, we start being bad. We start doing all these things, reacting. When we, st- when, when we need to really start responding. When you are filled with the Holy Ghost, You'll have the self-control that will allow you to be able to respond to your situation instead of react. And then as you respond, God's glory can be revealed. And once his glory can be revealed in your life, now you got fruit. Now you got patience. All oh, that thing that should have took you out. You still here? Oh, you was broken. Now you got some money? Oh, what the? Oh, you were set free from addiction, but. And three years later, you still free from addiction? Oh, God's glory is being revealed. Why? Because God's like, I'm trying to change some people's perception of you. Think about it. You've been in a hard place. The devil came, tried to tempt you. You didn't fold. You stayed planted. Now you got fruit. Now people in your life are looking at your life like, dang, we kind of broke out. We gave him six months to live. The doctor gave you six months to live. You still here four years later? God is doing work. He's really working in us today, especially in God's people. We need some people that are planted on a firm foundation to start to revealing God's glory so these people can really know who he is. You see the school shootings. You see the mental health on the rise with the suicides we can't be wavering either we're in or either we're out either we're planted or either we're just being blown away that's why we preach at this church get in that word he's the rock he's the firm foundation he's the rock on which I stand when everything around me is shaking come on that's the word i can't see but i'm just saying Because it says here in the text, walk with me. The people expected him to swell up and suddenly fall dead. But after waiting a long time and seeing nothing unusual happen to you, people will wait and wait and wait for your downfall. They will wait to see if you're really about it. Right here it says in the Hebrews, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, Let us throw off everything that hinders us, and even the sin that so easily entangles us. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Think about it. I'm on assignment today. I know there's some people out there that have been hurt, stuck in your pain, haven't found the revelation in that truth of why you're going through what you're going through, but I'm here to encourage you to tell you, stay the course. This is why. There's people watching. Your sister that hasn't came to Christ yet, she's watching. Your mom that is still questioning you, that church is good, she's watching. If it's that brother that has strayed away, he's watching. If it's your parents, they're watching. If it's your grandparents, they're watching. The world is watching to see if you are about what you preach. The Bible goes on to say that a person that knows the word but doesn't live live out the word, is like a person that looks in the mirror. But as soon as he walks away, he forgets what he looks like. You get the word and we got to apply it to our life. Right, because for one, God is going to start shattering people's expectations about you. You're not the adulterer. You're not the drug addict. I'm sorry, you're not. Your expectations, the expectations that they put on you, shatter. Yes, they're going to examine your life and watch what you do. But the cool thing about it, when you stay planted, God will exalt you. He'll take you to a new level. He'll start to promote you to bigger and better things, a bigger and better life, more opportunities for you to be able to glorify him now the people were looking at Paul like dang this dude we don't even know came on this island got bit by a viper my friend got bit by a viper not me people in the text my friend got bit by a viper he ain't here anymore how is this person still alive when he should be dead how are we still alive when we should be dead? How are you not living in darkness but now you're living in light? How? Because the in-between is God. He came so that we would be saved. And so Paul has been promoted. It says here that There was an estate nearby that belonged to Publius, the chief official of the island. Your gift will make room for you, guys. All of us got a gift. And you're wondering, God, when are you going to promote me to a new assignment? God said, be faithful where you are. I'll promote you and I'll put you in rooms where there's great men. And so you see that Paul is in this chief official's island, right, and he's at his house. And this guy is showing him generous hospitality. And through fellowship, I really want to pause for the cause real quick. Paul gets invited into this house, right? He didn't get invited to this house just to flex. Sometimes we get our gift, our gift for promoters, and then now we want to flex. And now we're acting like we're way too good for people. Now we feel like, man, I should be in the lead singer. Oh, now I should get a little bit more raise. Oh, now I should live on this side of town and this side of town. I deserve this house. And last time I checked, the last song we sang was, he deserves it. But sometimes we be thinking that we deserve the glory, the recognition, when we don't. But through that time of fellowship, I can imagine since three days, they were in there probably chopping it up. And you know, Paul, he was dropping that word. The spirit probably showed up in the crib. They was having good conversations. And out of that conversation, because I talked about communication, he found out that this man's father was sick. That's why I talked to people and said, man, do not be alone. We need to get together, especially if you're an empowered Christian, filled with the Holy Ghost, and you've got a gift. Your gift will make room for you so you can get it in places where people can have access to the God that you serve. That power that God has in your gift. And Paul had a gift of healing, right? He was able to go in there and minister. And minister. Minister to this sick man. So I just want to say this right now because your influence, the influence that you have with your gift, is an invitation. To bring, in, uh, to bring a, kingdom impact, a, a kingdom impact, excuse me. I'm going to say it again because I want you guys to be clear. Your influence, the gift that God has given you, your influence is really just an invitation. All right? Into a room where there's powerful people, a leader of that island, or the leader of that job, or whatever you may be. So you can make a kingdom impact. It's not for anything else. It ain't for you to get a raise, it ain't for you to get a blue check on the Instagram, it ain't for you to be the richest person on the world because you got a little gift. I'm sorry, I wanna make sure I hit home on that because sometimes we can get so puffed up with our gift. And if you ain't got no anointing on the inside of you, that gift on the outside of you may crush you. And how many times have we've had people, or have heard, maybe it's been you, where you let your gift outweigh your integrity. And because of that, you fell. You stepped out in your marriage here. Start started lying on your taxes. Now you don't have any friends because you just kept gossiping. And now, you've, now you're struggling with maybe some, maybe, you know what? Some things that we do can cause internal, physical diseases in our body. Many of us walking around with secrets that are eating us up from the inside. And I'm here to say that if you would just confess with your mouth. That's why we need believers. If you just confess with your mouth. Confess your sins to one another like the Bible says so you can be healed. I think sometimes we get in this season of our life where we forget that God is watching. We kind of just go through life and We're not connected to a small group. We're not in the word. We're not connected to the almighty God. We're going to church maybe once every three months. We we hear God calling us, but there's something that is stopping us from moving forward. There was a season of my life where I heard God calling me and calling me and calling me. And I was walking towards the voice. Ah. But it seemed like soon I was getting ready to cross that line, something pulled me. And it was a thing that was on the inside. I couldn't fully step into my purpose. I couldn't fully step into the promises of God because there was something that was holding me back. Paul did not hold back. He stepped into that room. He gave this man some prayer. During that season of my life where I was trying to pursue and I was trying to follow God's plan, I developed a prayer life. A prayer life that changed my life tremendously. I think sometimes we underestimate the power of prayer, which is maybe the reason why sometimes we just don't come up. It's like we want to be free, but we're scared to be free. And I can see why a person may be scared to be free because all they know is bondage. All they know is brokenness. All they know is betrayal. All they know is bitterness. All they know is Everybody in my family had cancer, so I guess it's gonna take me out too. Everybody in my family is in an addict. I guess it's gonna take me out too. We are just these type of people. On this island, Paul walked into this room and healed this man's father. And because of that healing, other people, and it says all the people, to be very clear, it says when this had happened, the rest of the sick on that island came and they got, they blessed. Yeah, your pain and your unfortunate situations, God can use to get to other people. Think about it. Your brokenness, your pain could be the one thing that God is using to bring other people to Christ. So I want to I'm going to open it up because I opened it up for last last service. Some of y'all, God has been speaking to you straight up. I already know that. I see a river flowing here. And if you want to come and get in the water, I want to invite you to come up. Because this could be the moment that your life changes. And I'll have some prayer people here, so if you're here to pray, just be present up here. Because God is getting ready to change your situation. You realize the people on the island weren't expecting Paul? Wasn't expected to be healed from their disease? They weren't expecting this man to wash up on shore with 275 other people? But this man came, named Paul, and used his gift and set people free from a destiny that was totally different than the one that he gave them. God is turning things around. Like, he's literally in the business of redeeming. He's in the business of restoring. I believe in the power of prayer. I'm here today. I'm alive today because of the prayer. The prayers of people. A little heavier message. So this is what I need y'all to do. I want you to do what Matthew 6, 6 says, okay? It says, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret, he will reward you. There's something about that place of obscurity that God will meet you at. When you go in a room and you make it private and you get personal, you get vulnerable with God, God will show up and start to speak to your situation. Prayer creates an opportunity For you to be face to face with the Almighty God, because when He shows up, it starts to overflow. Did you just catch that that last passage I just read? It said, "When this had happened, the rest of the sick on the island came and they were cured." There's an overflow. That happens. Once you use your gift one place, God tends to let that overflow into a new place, and then other people hear about you, then other people are drawn to what God is doing in your life, and God starts to move, and your prayer life goes super big, and now you start to be noticed by important people, and now you're starting to get to promotions, and now the relationship is restored, and that's when we can give God all the praise. This is not about us. It's not about me. It's about an almighty God that loves us, and it said that as a result... We were showered with honors, and when the time came to sell, people supplied us with everything we would need for the trip. They lost everything in the shipwreck. God had it in his plan to give Paul and his people rest. And then at the end, restores. Restores. Someone needs to hear that today. He restores restores. He restores. Yes, the locusts came in. this happened, but God restores. God will bring a better version, a better version of life to you. Now, you know that guy, that chief official I was talking about? I just want to let you all know, that was the first bishop in the West. It was one of the first churches that started in the West. And today, here's a picture of it. When we don't see what God is doing, because it's in the details, you got to really look, and you got to wait for it to complete. This is a picture of the church that they built where Paul met the guy. It's still standing today. And that nation has about almost 90% Catholics. And Catholics are still in the kingdom, even though we ain't Catholic here. Some of you guys may be. That's what's up. But I want to show you what God had in mind, a nation of people living in freedom, living in prosperity, walking in purpose, because God is able to fulfill his promises. God bless. Stand up for that worship.